talking about living my blessed life. When talking about the blessing, it would be impossible to do so without talking about faith. And that's what we discussed last, last time. And the word of God alone will not bring the blessing in your life. It's going to be faith in the word that you're, you're actually standing on that does it. You literally employ the word by putting to work with your faith. Um, that's how you enact the blessing. Look, at, um, look what it says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. <clears throat> it says, the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Someone said, I got blessed with a new car. How much are the payments? $359 a month. That ain't no blessing. How do I know? Because there's sorrow with it. <laughs> so the Lord, when he blesses us, come on, he makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Amen? All right. So now notice that the word blessing has no S on the end of it. Why? Because he's not referring to the results. He's referring to the empowerment that the, that the results actually bring or what brings the results. So in other words, there's something on you to get the blessings, and it's called the blessing. In other words, there's a new car that you might, be, that you might get. There's a new job you might, that you've been looking for that comes about or a house. Those are blessings because they're a result of something. We're not to run after a new house or to run after a new car or a new, uh, or a new job or any of those things or a new man or a new woman. Hallelujah, right? Right, because they may be a bless, they may be part of the blessings as the result of what? Of the blessing. We are in need of the blessing. And this blessing is the blessing of the Lord. And the Bible says that it makes rich. It makes rich. Remember that. So we'll talk about rich in just a moment, but, but truly it is an it. So there's something viable here. There's something of substance. It, it's an it. It has value. And church, the blessing was so important to Jacob that he literally went out and stole it from Esau and from the father to receive the blessing. Now, why did he go about all the trouble, trouble to lie to his dad and connive with his mother to get the blessing? Why? Because he knew if he could just get the blessing, the blessings would be the result and would follow in his life. In other words, Jacob was blessed even though he deceived, but there's something to note here that he was not casual like Esau was about it. Esau didn't cover his tail. Esau didn't care as much. Esau sold everything out for a little bit of food for his flesh, but Jacob was hungry to get what he wanted from God. And though he did it in the wrong way, he did pay a price ultimately for that, but he received the blessing of God, which gave him the blessings of the Lord. Uh, there's a translation uh, here, and I'm going to say this because the Bible says that this blessing is an empowerment thing and that this blessing makes one rich, which means it means to be that the blessing makes one well supplied. So it's not just the fact that you get a lot of money in your bank account. If God chooses to do that, that's wonderful. But you're well supplied. You're taken care of. The Bible says that God in heaven, the Lord has the heavens, and it is a well-stocked storehouse that he provides for his children. Everybody say well-stocked. There's another translation that says the blessing of Yahweh is what brings riches and this hard toil has nothing to add. I don't know about you, but I don't want to work my fingers to the bone every single week to collect a paycheck. That's not enough. 
There's got to be more to life than that. There's something called faith that we, that we have that we step out on that when we do, it empowers. It's an empowerment, the blessing to work on our behalf in the earth realm. All right, so let me, let me give you the definition uh, again of what blessing is. It's the covenant of God given to you that overrides the curse. And the curse is sickness. The curse, that's what we prayed about it tonight. God don't want us sick. He does, we don't have to be sick. Uh, he doesn't want us poor. It also eradicates poverty. The curse, poverty is a part of the curse. Also, did you know that hard toil, toil meaning hard work, little results. That's a part of the cursed system. The moment Adam fell from the grace of God and into sin, he knew hard toil all the days of life. Why? Because he en enacted the curse or empowered the curse into his life. And so God says, I want to remove that. Jesus came, removed the curse. Those that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ receive his Savior. He removes the curse and brings about the blessing. I'm trying to deal with why then are we not receiving the blessing the way that we should? If we've got the blessing, why is it not operating our lives? It's because he said everything operates in this earth by faith. Amen, church. So it's, it's the anointing of God through which divine favor flows. That's what the blessing is. It's the anointing of God by which divine favor flows. The Spirit of the Lord, God, the Bible says, is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. So I have to be endued with power. I have to have something on me. The anointing is the blessing. I have to have something on me to produce things in my life. I can't just go out and do for God unless I've got that blessing. Unless that anointing now is flowing through me. Let's take a closer look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. We talked about it last time. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. This is so important because um, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, that let every word be established. So twice he's talking about the fact that man and woman have been made in the image of God. He created them. Then God blessed them. Everybody say he blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. All right. So first of all, it says that God created man in his likeness and in his image. Likeness, come on, an image. Image means we look like him. Okay, likeness means we function like him. But when you put it all together and study it and understand what it means, it's simply put, God reproduced himself on earth or he recreated himself. We're not God, but we are sons and daughters of God. So my son and my daughter, Nick and Olivia, they are Pruitts. They're just as much a Pruitt as I'm a Pruitt, but they're not me. I'm still Papa. Come on, someone say Amen. So there has to be that order. God created me in, in, in his image and likeness. So therefore, the creator gets the, he, the, in the value system. He is number one. He gets my worship. He gets my praise. He gets my obedience. But I'm still, I'm not made in the dog fashion. I'm not made in the giraffe fashion or the giraffe order. I'm made in the God fashion. You're made the same way. Why do you think one of the biggest lies ever perpetrated on planet earth is evolution? Which, by the way, is a theory. Amen. 
but they preach that gospel like it's a truth in schools, don't they? Yet there's absolutely zero proof of it anywhere. And I could go on and on about that. You can study that stuff for yourself. But I'm just going to tell you, we didn't climb out of a slime pit and become a monkey hanging on a tree. That's not God's order. We did not come out of the animal kingdom. We came out of the kingdom of God to be sons and daughters of the Most High. Amen, somebody. So when God created man and woman, he separated the order of the animal kingdom and his kingdom and his own children. So then God blessed them. And he said to them, and by the way, church, he wasn't communicating with them. He was passing on the power. He did it by words. He said to them, he blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. The same blessing that God had in order to create all things, God then transferred that into Adam and into all mankind. He made them like himself. And also, did you notice that the blessing is attached to an assignment? He blessed them. Watch this. He blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion, right? Over everything. So in other words, the blessing is the precursor to the assignment. And God only gives the blessing to those he gives an assignment. So if you and I have been blessed by Jesus, it's because we're not supposed to be sitting back. And the old school preacher used to say, on your blessed assurance and doing nothing. Come on, somebody. But we're all supposed to occupy till he comes. I said occupy till he comes. So we're all supposed to go to work while it's day, the Bible says. Put our hand to the plow. Don't look back. Or we're not fit for the kingdom of God. Fulfill the assignment and purpose of God. You say, well, I ain't got a purpose. You may not have found your purpose yet, but you got a purpose. And that's the reason why he's got the church. Because the church has an assignment to go into all the world, preach the gospel, and make disciples and baptize them. And baptize them with the Holy Ghost and power. Someone say amen. amen. So he gave us that authority, right? So there's an assignment. Let me make the statement. Where there is no assignment, in other words, no purpose, there can be no blessing. That's why we can look at the south side of our city or the north side of our city and we look and we go, why is it out of control in these areas? Because there's no purpose. There's no assignments. And where there's no assignment, there's no blessing. But where there's order and where there's work and people are doing things and there's a purpose behind what they're doing, you'll see the flow of blessing come into their world and everything they touch begins to turn to gold. How many knows that's why we're here? Not to run away from the inner cities of our, of our community, but we're to run to them because we have something on us that we're supposed to bring to them. And we don't have to walk in fear. Not a, that's why I love this church because our church goes right in the middle of hell if need be. We've done it time and time again. We feed them. We clothe them. We take care of them. That's what we've done over every single year. I mean, God has blessed. It's a part of who we are as a church. Amen, somebody. And so you have to understand uh, that, that if there's going to be blessing, there has to be an assignment. Now, God gave us this years ago, and it is our mission, our vision, and our purpose as a church. Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 4. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Didn't say the Spirit of the Lord God's upon me so I could dance all night. Dance, 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 dance all night. Do, do, do. Oh, come on. No. So I can have a goosebump. No. 
What's it there for? He gives me an assignment to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me. I wish I could get two more people saying amen. Praise God. Some of y'all just looking at me like, I'm sweating up here tonight. If I'm working, we're all working. Hallelujah. Isn't that just like in your house? When you go on a diet, dad goes on a diet. They all go on a diet. We're all going on a diet. <laughs> so he sent me under the anointing to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty to the captives. I got an assignment. To open the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, that's the church, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the, gar and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the plan of the Lord that he may be glorified, and they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall, you can look around our city and see old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. So God says, I've given you an anointing with a purpose. I've given you an anointing with an assignment, and your assignment is great. What's our assignment? Our, our assignment is to reach the unreached, to build the church, and to serve our city. It really is a revitalization of our community. It's spiritually first, but then we start building things up in the natural as well. Ezekiel 36, 33 says this. It's a big assignment. Thus says the Lord God, on the day that I cleanse you from all your iniquities, I, I will also enable you to dwell in the cities, and, and the ruins shall be rebuilt. The desolate land shall be uh, tilled instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass by. God is concerned about our cities that are broken down. So they will say, this land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. And the wasted, desolate, and ruined cities are now fortified and inhabited. They've been brought back up, and they're now secure again from the enemy. Then the nations which are left all around you shall know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruined places and planted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. So all God's looking for. If he gives us an assignment to touch our city, the people that dwell therein, and to rebuild our community, then what he says is all I need is somebody to come in agreement with what I have spoken. Because I'll do it, and as I will get the glory for it. Then the world will know who I am through you. Amen, church. God said that we're to replenish the earth. That's what the Bible says. That means to restock with abundance, to recover former fullness, and to perpetually renew and supply. Well, how do we do that? Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living spirit or being. That word living means two things. It means creative speaking spirit. So when God made us Again, he made us like him with skin and bones and blood. He made us with a natural body, but the spirit lives on the inside. And that spirit is creative like he is by doing what? By speaking. There's something about us that has to speak. We have to communicate. How did God get things to grow with no rain in, in the beginning of time? And by the way, how did Isaac get a harvest in abundance with no rain? 
you read that out for yourself in the book of Genesis where he finds out that he's, he's, um, uh, he's, he's, he's out there and, and, and he, he's in the land of uh, Egypt, or Gerar rather, and everybody's going to Egypt. And he's, he's told by God to sow seed when there's been nothing but a famine and a drought. And yet God said do it and he, he does what? He produces a hundredfold. How did he do that with no rain? He did that by the same way that God did it in the beginning of time in the garden with no rain. He did it by the blessing. Because the blessing is a higher order than natural things on earth. The blessing will do for us what natural things cannot do. That's why you don't have to have a high IQ to do great things for God. You just need high faith. You'll learn as you go. I promise you'll learn. You will. How does your business flourish, guys, if the economy is down? How does your marriage do well when it's been doing so bad? How, how does your relationships get better? How does anything work? It only works through the blessing. Deuteronomy 30:19. I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. So we can have a life that's either blessed or one that's cursed. Now he said, I want you to be blessed. Matter of fact, I bless you to be blessed, to have your blessed life. But if you don't operate that way and make decisions based on the blessed life, the curse is an automatic in your life. So God has given us authority and control, but we can't do it without his blessing. So you got to do what? You got, I'm going to take it full circle now. You've got to watch your mouth. Why? Because you've been made just like God. So that when you speak, things happen. Things go into motion. How can that be? absolutely positively yes 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 it works that way because that's the system of God and the order of God when he blessed man in the earth and he said to them he spoke to them this is your assignment now carry it out as I carried it out so when you get in trouble your first position should be what should I say am I going to speak blessing or am I going to speak cursing over this thing? And the only way we turn around our lives to that to be positive and good and in the will of God is when we speak the blessing of God over our lives. Amen. So that when God, when God made the garden, he didn't wait for the physical elements to line up. He's above that. He's spirit. And spirit rules higher than natural. It, it, he didn't wait for it to produce rain. He spoke, and it was. And the trees had life, and the trees produced its fruit, and so on and so forth. How did Jesus deal with the fig tree? The Bible says he spoke to the fig tree, and the fig tree obeyed him. He did exactly what his father did. He managed the earth through words. He spoke. How did Jesus come back from the grave? Well, I mean, God promised him. It's more than that. You'll find in your Bible where God didn't prepare it for tonight, but you'll find in your Bible where, God, where Jesus said, I will, you can, you can kill this temple, but it will rise up three days later. Amen. He speaks into existence that which he wants to come to pass. Now, 
Matthew 12 is a great example of this. Jesus said, the things that I do, you do also. And here's what it says. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of viper, how, vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Wow. My words condemn me or justify me. They turn the curse on or they turn the blessing on. Let me just say, the blessing is waiting on your words faith-filled words to speak something because when your word when your your ears hear with your own mouth words filled with faith it changes the course and direction of your life it changes things in your world how long have i preached this in this church and people still deal with the same problems you got to be honest with yourself you've not held your feet to the fire and said i'm going to live by faith I got to live by faith. No turning back. Amen. And, and church, man cannot stop you. Get that out of your head. Thinking somebody's going to stop. And by the way, that's all politics does these days is put in your idea that somebody's trying to stop you. Ain't nobody can stop a believer in Jesus Christ. I don't care where you come from. Nobody stops a believer. The only person that stops a believer, not even the devil, can stop you. The only person that stops you is you. Look what it says in Deuteronomy eleven twenty five: No man shall be able to stand be able to stand against you. The Lord your God will put the dread of you and the fear of you upon all the land where you tread, just as he has said to you, Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse, the blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today. There, full circle, it says it again. But he's saying no man can stand before you. No man. Everybody say, no man. Everybody say, man is not my problem. Say, woman is not my problem. Look what Isaiah 54, 17 says. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. How many weapons? No, no weapon. And every tongue, because that's the weapon of choice. Your words are like, they're like a branding. They're like the Bible talks about, like they're, like they're like arrows that go forth to pierce armor. That's what the Bible says. The Bible also says that your, your tongue is like a sword. So we're doing battle a lot of times against our brothers and sisters. But the Bible says here that every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. So get it in your head that God will raise up a standard against your enemies and fight your battles. And no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. The blessing has to be believed. And our faith is outside of the five physical senses. And I'm telling you something, them five physical senses, they'll, boy, they'll run your life. They run mine. I don't know about you. I got to put them in place all the time. It's beyond the feeling realm, guys. If you can feel it, you're not there yet. That's not quite faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. It's a security. It knows that something else is happening that can't be seen. 
But most people want to live by sense knowledge and not by faith knowledge. I'm just telling you that you can't get your provision without faith. You can't get to the next level without faith. You're going to have to believe for it. And it's big. It's not small. If it was small, you probably would have had it by now. Someone said one time, and I believe this, that if it's small enough, in other words, if it's enough, if you can get it, it probably wasn't God anyways. Because you didn't need him for that. Usually when he tells you to do something, it's so big that you, it's a total dependence. You, your insecurity is off the chart. You're going, no, I don't, I'm not, I can't do that. It, that's usually when you know. I get real nervous about the people saying, I, God told me, and I can run there boastable. I'm excited about it. I'm going to do that. I'm, gonna, I'm thinking, Mike, you have no clue. I want, I want things to go well for you, not bad for you. That's, that's the fact. But I'm just here to tell you guys that when it's God, usually insecurity starts to mount up until we get to start rebuking and saying, no, God told me to do it, and I'm going to do it anyways. And now you've got to walk by faith and not by sight, not by your feelings, not by your emotions. Amen? For instance, I'll get up here one, day, one of these days soon. I'm going to get up here and I'm going to say, guys, we're going to pay off our loan. We're going to pay this thing off. $1.1 million coming in this weekend. And I'm going to see it on people's face. Oh, Lord Jesus. This was the wrong service to come. Hang, hang on to your checkbook. Hang on. He's going to try to get it. No, I ain't trying to get nothing. I don't even want money like that. That's not what I'm interested in. Right? So when I say something like that, it's going to go one way. It's going to be a blessing or a cursing to you. Am I right? And some are going to say yes, and some are going to say no, and that's how it works. But the truth of the matter is, when God says to do it, it's possible. By the way, it used to be $2.2 million. Thank you, Jesus, three years ago, it was cut in half. Hallelujah. People get nervous. And why do people get nervous when we start talking about that stuff? Because they still think that their job is their source. And it's not meant to be that, guys. It's a stepping stone to the next thing, possibly, but it's not meant to be. So God still, no matter how high and mighty you get in your position of authority on earth, he still wants to be trusted and believed for the next level. Amen, somebody? Once you get saved, your position shifted from dependency on man to dependency on God. From self-consciousness to God-consciousness. So now you're put into a wealthy place of abundance. You may not see it yet, but it's there. And the moment you walk in faith, that's when it begins to arrive. It's a different ki kingdom, a different standard uh, than, living, uh, than the one that we're currently living in, on earth. So church, you, we've got we to quit thinking like God doesn't have enough. Like he's broke. Like, he don't, like he's crazy for asking you to do stuff that you think is crazy, Right? And that, that's exactly what the people over in um, John chapter 1 thought. And, 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 and there's, that's exactly what happened. And they ran out of wine. And finally, the mother goes, you know, we, I know, I know how we can fix this. And she goes to the son, hey, they're out of wine. He says, hey, my time hasn't come. And yet he still does. He goes, well, go get those water pots, fill them up with water. And he walks over to him and he turns the water into wine. All of them, every single one of them were full. How much more do them drunks need to drink? Come on, someone say amen. Do you, know, do you notice that Jesus' first miracle was at Canaan's wedding? Wedding at Canaan? His first miracle was not a need-based miracle. It was above and beyond. It was opulent. It was something that didn't need to even happen. It was just something that they wanted at the wedding. A little more vino to drink so people could party a little bit longer. And so he said, all right, I'll show you who I am. 
and he has a fill of water and does a miracle, and it wasn't based on So think about that. If he'll do miracles that are opulent, how much more is he ready to do a miracle for your need? He meets all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Somebody say amen.